The Denver Broncos signed Zach Allen to replace Draymond Jones, not to mention a Broncos fan favorite returns in free agency. We break down all the action from Monday on today's brand new episode, Locked on Broncos. You are Locked on Broncos, your daily Denver Broncos podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What's happening, Broncos country? Welcome into a brand new episode of Lockdown Broncos, your daily Denver Broncos podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. NFL free agency frenzy continues here on the Lockdown Broncos podcast. Thank you so much for making us your first listen of the day on your favorite audio podcasting platform or whether you watch on YouTube. Do us a favor, hit that subscribe or that follow button down below so you never miss out on a day's worth of Broncos news, content coverage, and more. And it was a busy day one of the NFL free agency during the legal negotiations negotiating period where the Broncos they rebuilt the offensive line but later on in the day they also made some moves on the defensive side of the ball I'm your host as always Cody Rourke Broncos reporter from Mile High Sports joined alongside as always by my co-host Sarah Bettinger site expert predominantly orange.com and Sarah look you know we did a show yesterday to talk about the rebuild of the offensive line later on through the day some other moves happened and I think the biggest question that we had while we were recording yesterday it's Tuesday morning as this episode is going to drop for everybody in Broncos country on YouTube and on their favorite podcast and provider. But man, I think the bigger thing was, is what's going to happen with Draymond Jones? We had our answer before Draymond Jones ever made a move and the Broncos decided to move on by signing Zach Allen, who reunites with Vance Joseph in Denver. He does, Cody. And as we mentioned, when we were kind of in the lead up to free agency, Zach Allen, actually among defensive linemen, he leads all of them in free agency this past season, at least with 19 quarterback hits. So it's not like the Broncos just went out and signed the first guy they could think of when Draymond Jones decided to leave, which, by the way, he's going to the Seattle Seahawks. I think that kind of clears up maybe in the Russell Wilson trade. Maybe they actually wanted Draymond Jones coming back to them instead of Shelby Harris, who has been released as well so a lot of moving parts happening here a lot of things happening maybe a Shelby Harris reunion Cody maybe we'll talk about that in a future episode but right now the story is Zach Allen coming to Denver becoming their next a highly paid defensive lineman right remember last year the Broncos paid 30 million over three years for DJ Jones this year now you give Zach Allen three years 45.75 million after he had a great season right 19 QB hits Pro Football Focus credits him with 35 QB pressures. So this is a guy who obviously in the first couple seasons of his career really, you know, struggled to get his feet wet a little bit. And then as he grew into his own, actually, it's probably no coincidence, Cody, that in 2021, the Arizona Cardinals acquired J.J. Watt. And it may not be the same exact type of deal as DeMarcus Ware coming in and helping Von Miller, right? But I think Zach Allen will tell us whenever you and the media get the chance to see him in person. I think he's going to speak very highly of his time with J.J. Watt and the development that he saw as a player after J.J. got to Arizona. So very, very fascinated by this pickup. Another big time move for the Denver Broncos. When J.J. Watt took to social media as well and said, hey, I'm really proud of you. And and look, going back and watching some of his tape, I spent last night doing that, sitting in bed like late at night, you know, like raccoon 
eyes. Just it was ugh. I, I couldn't sleep, and it, I was looking at film, and and this is a guy who was just creating pressure not only on the outside, but he was also there were times where he'd cut inside an offensive tackle, cut inside towards the guard, and I mean he got after Derek Carr quite a bit when they played the Las Vegas Raiders, and I was like in my head, I was like, okay, that's something Denver couldn't do consistently enough. He's got a high motor man, and I tell you what, he's young. He's entering a very important time, and I think it's good for him that you know he. he Starts in the NFL with Vance Joseph as a defensive coordinator. Now he gets to continue on so far his career-long D.C. and Vance now here in Denver. And on top of that, I think this goes even further to saying like how important it was that Denver, Sean Payton, and George Payton retain Marcus Dixon because Marcus Dixon has a lot of promise as a coach. I can tell you this from watching him every day. He is a great teacher. Talking to guys in the locker room, he emphasizes technique, but he just instills like this dog mentality in that room and so Zach Allen is a great guy to add into that room alongside the guys like DJ Jones Mike Purcell and I think it'll be crucial for guys like Inyoma Uwazarike and Matt Henningsen as they continue along in their development Denver might have a very very strong off uh, defensive line to go against opposing offensive lines here when I look at that room I see a combination you know you, you have some size there but the one thing that stands out to me you have really really good strength and you have some really good athleticism from those guys at that position so so the Broncos investing in the trenches, getting tougher in that regard. I mean, I think it's also clear now we can even talk about this as well. You know, Draymond Jones, we wish him nothing but the best. I I, I had a lot of replies on Twitter. I had a lot of mentions from people saying, good riddance, goodbye to him. It's like, why do we get like this as society? Like, why do why do fans do this when a player who, you know, plays for the team, they want him on their team at one point, when they leave, they just decide to, you know, trash the player. I, I don't understand that. I don't believe in that. Draymond's time in Denver was great, and I wish him the best in Seattle going forward. I do too. I mean, it doesn't always work out for guys to be in Denver. And you got to remember the time we had fondly, right? I mean, Draymond Jones obviously was a bright spot these last four years when the Broncos just flat out stunk. And I think that that's, that says something in and of itself. This guy never gave up. He tried, he played really hard for this team and he battled through a lot of injuries. We know that. So I think that him going to Seattle, like, yes, obviously we wish him the best, but of course we, we love the players that want to be Broncos more than anything, right? So that's why I think you're seeing some people just kind of taking it out on him. So I think obviously let's shift our mentality there as much as we can. It's not like he went to the Raiders or the Chiefs or the, you know, who cares about the Chargers really, but it's not like he went to the Raiders or the Chiefs, right? So I think that definitely you wish Draymond well. And of course, we'll be watching his. It's going to be interesting, isn't it? I think him and Zach Allen will kind of be compared for the next couple of years, right? The next three, they they both got three year deals, pretty close to you know each other, about two million average per year difference between the two of them. So similar they're going to production be too in the by, last year. Yep, same did. amount of games they played, did. thirteen. There yep. you go. So yep, I, I think maybe I'd be yeah, a little I, more concerned, Sarah, if. They lost Draymond and they didn't replace him. But like the Broncos made this move with Zach Allen before Draymond's news happened. So it was clear that maybe Draymond didn't want to come back to Denver or Denver's like, you know what, we're just going to move forward and we're going to get Zach Allen, who I think has some uh, has some Crosby traits to him, my man. And I'm talking about Max Crosby, who we all respect 
here on this podcast. We are definitely a Max Crosby respecting club here, uh, locked on Broncos. You know he plays for the Raiders. But aside from that, Sarah, the Broncos were not done on the defensive side of the ball. They brought back a fan favorite. We'll talk about what impact that has for the Broncos defense this upcoming season. You get that on today's episode, Locked on Broncos. This episode of the show is brought to you by our friends over there at FanDuel. And the midway point of the NBA season is here. And now is the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Because new customers, they get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe. It's secure. It's super easy to use. And then you can bet on everything from the money line to point scores and threes drained in a game. Plus, FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with a same-game parlay. So don't miss the chance to get your no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Guess who's back? Back again. Alex Singleton is back. So tell a friend, Broncos country, thank you so much for tuning in and making Lockdown Broncos your first listen of the day every single day on your favorite audio podcasting platform or whether you watch on YouTube. We appreciate you so much for taking time out of your day to listen, to interact with other members of Broncos country in the YouTube comments down below or on the live chat or on Twitter. You can always tweet us at Cody Rourke NFL, at Sarah Bettinger, at Locked on Broncos. Don't fall for Sarah's sarcastic tweets that some people did there. Anyways, we'll have to bring that up on another episode of the show. Sarah is a master of his craft at that. But with that said, the Broncos, we just talked about Zach Allen coming over on the defensive line. We mentioned the priorities, you know, for Denver. Top free agents, Draymond was number one. The second one that you and I had talked about in our accordance was, okay, Alex Singleton deserves it. And you know what? He came back to Denver, a three-year deal for the Broncos linebacker who we deem is a guy who plays with his hair on fire, has fun, loves the game. He reunites with Josie Jewell, and I'm excited that he's back. Like, this is one thing I wanted to see happen. Uh, So far, like, this free agency has been pretty good from the optics standpoint. What were your thoughts on Singleton's return? How big is it for the Broncos' defense? Let's break it all down. I think it's huge for the Denver Broncos defense, right? I know a couple of Philadelphia people yesterday on Twitter, and by yesterday, I mean Monday as this was all going down, right? So when it was going down on Monday, a number of Philadelphia people saw that Alex Singleton got the big raise from the Denver Broncos, and they're like, wow, the the linebacker market has gone off the rails. And I'm thinking to myself, maybe you just haven't watched Alex Singleton since he played for the Eagles. And I remember that. Remember, Cody, when, when the Broncos first signed Alex Singleton, a lot of Eagles fans were like oh man it's they're clowning the broncos for signing him just like i think a lot of 49ers fans are now for mike mcglinchey but then alex singleton went out and all the dude did was make big play after big play and i think that's i mean geez whether he was playing in zero evro's defense or not you reward a guy for doing that and obviously your pro scouts liked what they saw the coaching staff they got together new inside linebackers coach greg minuski they all sit down They watch Alex Singleton and Josie Jewell work together. And what do they see? Well, they see these two guys working extremely well together. And they see two guys making plays consistently and and really stepping up in big spots. Remember, Josie Jewell got his first couple career interceptions this past season. Alex Singleton with that big forced fumble against, wasn't it Kansas City where he forced the fumble on the punt? So Sabi recovered it. Yeah, that was right. That's right. So, dude, this is and I say dude because I get fired up here. Okay, we got it. We go into the the like the water cooler talk a little bit. It's so frustrating to me 
that a player like Alex Singleton can't go out and have a a huge year, one of the biggest years of his career, if not the biggest, after all he's been through to, to go undrafted, to spend a couple years in the CFL, to work his way up from being a special teams guy, to getting that one-year shot in Denver where, man, you and I and many others were very skeptical, to say the least, if not laughing along with the Eagles fans, you know, saying like, wow, I can't believe the Broncos are actually doing this. This is their weakest position. And Singleton is the guy they're bringing in. He went from that to... To being, you know, he got some votes for I think the Pro Bowl or All Pro last season, and and still people find a way to clown it. Cody, I just had to rant on that a little bit because I think it's ridiculous. Alex Singleton deserves nothing but kudos and credit, and obviously the Broncos agreed. I mean, yeah, he does. And look, you know, Philadelphia Eagles media, we know that's that's a toxic cesspool. Like, you know, I've heard horror stories about how toxic their media is. Like people look at the Broncos media like, oh, you know, there's some petty like beefs that people have. No, it is bad in Philly. Like it's to a point where the, a lot of those guys in Philly want to fight each other. But it's like you're, you're spot on. These guys didn't watch a single ounce of Broncos football in the sense if they're saying these things about Alex Singleton, because he's a guy who emerged really week one, had to come in and start. And he started in place of Josie Jewell week one alongside Joe. Jonas Griffith against the Seattle Seahawks because of Jules' injury. And then Jonas went down with the injury. Uh, and then, you know, once all guys were healthy, we got to see them neutralize a three-linebacker set against the Tennessee Titans and Derrick Henry. And they limited. They held him to under 60 yards rushing in that game. Unfortunately, the offense couldn't do anything, so they still, you know, ended up losing that game. Uh, but Alex Singleton deserves everything and more in terms of this contract that he's got. We mentioned it's a three-year deal, $9 million of a guaranteed, going to be $18 million. He's earned this contract. A great team guy. Always puts the team first. And, and look, you go back, you watch the like the mic'd up. This is a dude who just loves to play football, has fun, has great relationships in that locker room. I'm glad that Singleton is back. I'm eager for Broncos Country's thoughts on that as well, how happy they are. But let's ask the question now, like, what will the Broncos defense look like, specifically at linebacker? You know, with them bringing Singleton back, do you think, because they also brought Jonas Griffith back, they tendered him, he's an ERFA. Do you think that Josie Jewell and Alex Singleton will be the two starting linebackers this upcoming season? Do you see it playing out that way? Well, you kind of hope so, right? Unless maybe Bazizio or Evero look at Josie Jewell and say, hey, I want that guy to be like the leader of my defense here in Carolina. Could never get the or maybe first big- overall pick for yeah, hey, I mean, hey, if you want to throw that first overall pick, we'll see what happens. We'll talk. But, you know, I mean, I could see a scenario where that happens, where the Broncos feel good about both Griffith and Singleton together, although it's it would kind of stink, right, because you kind of look at Josie Jewell and Alex Singleton as the uh, the Abash brothers of the day, right? If you watch the Mighty Ducks back in the day, Dean Portman and Fulton Reed, watching those two guys together, it's like watching Singleton and Jewel out there together, right? They're just they're they're good buddies on and off the field, and that chemistry just it really helps you. So I think even as you transition into a new defense, I think you have two guys that understand, hey, this is how this defense runs. They're going to study, they're going to prepare hard, they're going to know their assignments, and they're going to be able to help everybody else, even in a new defense. That's just my opinion, Cody, but especially because Josie already had one year with Vance Joseph when he came into the league back in 2018. So I think that those two guys 
they work so well together that it would really stink to see it, you know, anything change there. But, you know, you never know what the off season is going to bring. The off season is crazy. It really is. I, one of the bigger questions I have too, because you see these moves and, and look, I think Zach Allen coming over to Denver. Okay. Vance Joseph had some say in that. I mean, he's very familiar with him, was part of the staff when they drafted him uh, in the fourth round in Arizona in 2019. The bigger question I have, will this be Vance's defense or is Vance going to construct this defense based around like the things that Ejiro Evro did last year? Like to me, that is a huge question that I have. And philosophically, I mean, would you hire a defensive coordinator to call somebody else's defense? I don't think that's the case, but you have to wonder, like, as you and I have said all offseason long, if it's not broken, don't fix it. So how can Vance Joseph take the pieces, take everything that's been placed in front of him in terms of personnel and make it do exactly what it did last year, or maybe even improve? That is, that's hard to do, but it's like, there's massive shoes to fill there. Like you have to do that. So I think for me, it's like, can Vance Joseph maximize his personnel, including a linebacker and make it into something special to me? That's one of the key offseason storylines I'm looking at. I love that. I absolutely love it, Cody. And I'm excited too, to see what the Broncos do next, right? After all this talk of what, what they've been doing, man, that was only day one. So it's like, what are they going to do next? What else can they add to this team? Where's the cap space at? Like we're starting to get some of the contract details as well. It seems like the Broncos are trying to limit this year one cap space once again, to potentially make additional moves here. So I don't know exactly what that means, what that looks like, but I think obviously this team has been exactly what they said. They've been aggressive and it's been exciting to watch. Like not only does it give you and I and everybody listening something to talk about, like actual things to talk about here, but at the same time, it just shows like this team is is putting its money literally where its mouth is. Like they are paying up to upgrade the roster and you love to see it. Funny money going on here. No rollbacks here with the Walton Penner family ownership group as it pertains to NFL free agency. Day two continues here today. We'll have complete coverage here. Lockdown Broncos. Any moves that happen today, you'll get on Wednesday's episode of the show as we break down the latest on today with Zach Allen and Alex Singleton coming back into the fray here for the Denver Broncos. We'll also talk about how we feel about the Broncos moves on day one of NFL free agency. We kind of get a pulse of the fan base Share our thoughts on it from a philosophical standpoint. You'll get that on today's episode, Lockdown Broncos. This episode is brought to you by our friends over there at Bilt Bar, and it is March. So you know what that means. It means that there's March Madness going on. But if you love Bilt Bar, let's talk about Built March Madness. The Built March Madness bracket is here, and we know you have a favorite bar puff, and now is your time to make it count. Go to BuiltMarchMadness.com to vote for your favorites. And you know I'll be voting for the Peanut Butter Brownie Bar. And on top of that, if you want the Broncos to win, then you'll be voting for for that bar as well. Support your team, support your bar or your puff. And when you vote on your favorite bar or puff, you'll be entered into a drawing where 50 lucky Locked On listeners will get a free box of Built. Not only that, one Locked On fan will receive a 12-month subscription to Built to have Built's best bars or puffs delivered monthly straight to your doorstep. You got to try Built. Built the best protein bar ever. Seriously, they're so amazing, you won't even think that they're good for you. What makes Built Bars and Puffs so good? Well, for starters, they're all high in protein, low in sugar, and covered in 100% real chocolate. That's right, real chocolate. Run to BuiltMarchMadness.com right now to vote for your favorite bar or puff and pick up a box while you're there. You can vote every day in March, so hop in and support your pick. 
As we continue on our Denver Broncos free agency discussion here on day two, we're just one day away from the new league year rolling around and becoming official at 2 o'clock p.m. Mountain Time on Wednesday. Everything that you see right now agreed upon, agreed to terms, will be officially official once the new league year rolls around unless the Broncos sign a player of a team that was released in the offseason. They're free to sign as they, they kind of pick and choose in that manner there. So it does become a little bit more official once you know the new league year rolls around. We'll have you covered every step of the way. Thank you so much for making Lockdown Broncos your first listen of the day every single day. Sarah, Denver, there was another move that they made. We didn't talk about it. It's kind of like that under the radar, has some potential to be a good move, but not in the way I think many people in Broncos country think. And Denver added a tight end on Monday as well, and that is Chris Manhurts. And he's a seven-year veteran. I believe he's going on year number eight here, and this will be with Denver. Had a brief stint with the New Orleans Saints and Sean Payton, I believe in 2016, if I'm not mistaken. I think he was on a couple teams that season, but he finished off with New Orleans. They signed him to be a tight end. He's a big guy, six foot six, two hundred and something pounds. He's a blocking option. Has twenty four career catches in his seven year career. So it kind of tells, okay, hey, he's not here to catch passes. But I mean, kind of like how it was with Eric Thomason last year when Denver signed him. We never thought he'd catch passes. He caught two touchdowns. Had nine total catches last season. Could he? Could Chris Manhurts maybe emerge in this type of role as well for Denver? I think he's kind of the ideal replacement for Eric Tomlinson. And that's to say that he's going to be your blocking specialist at a position that already includes Greg Dulcich, Albert Okwebunam, two guys who, hey, the pass game is their thing and it's not staying in to pass protect. So you watch some of the stuff that that Manhurts did with the Jaguars last year under Doug Peterson when that offense really, really got going. I mean, he's in there pass protecting against some legit edge rushers, Cody. I mean, you, you turn on some of his stuff, it's kind of crazy to see. So I think that he's one of these guys that's going to be, hey, maybe this signing flies a bit under the radar. But then, you know, when we watch back some touchdowns this coming season, hopefully a lot of touchdowns, when we watch back these touchdowns, I think we're going to point to to Chris Manhurts and be like, wow, look what he did on this play, like to help make it successful. And I think we'll say that a lot. So like, it's not just that he's a great run block. It's not that he's just going to come in, you know, in the goal line package and be a lead blocker or whatever, or a block on the edge or anything like that. It's like this guy, I mean, he's got some legit pass protecting chops. So I think that, you know, I'm excited for that. I think that the Broncos obviously emphasize on day one of free agency, they wanted to upgrade in the trenches and they wanted to upgrade in the physicality department, right? I think Ben Powers, he's he's a big physical dude. Obviously, Mike McGlinchey, one of his best strengths is run, the running game and then now you add Manhurts to the mix who I mean he just does great work so I think that you, this is an underrated pickup it's like a guy in basketball maybe this guy doesn't score a lot of points but maybe he gets like 10 or 12 rebounds for you every he game up your shooters he does, on screens freeze him up on the screens yeah he's the guy that just like stares him down after knocking him to the ground like they just run into his boulder of a chest so that's exactly where I think he's gonna be Cody so I'm kind of excited for this move I, I am as well and, and look I want to I want to screenshot some of the responses that we saw like when Adam Schefter reported that uh, the first two responses I saw someone was like I'm sorry but am I supposed to know who this is <laughs> and I was like okay I want to screenshot that so like when he catches a touchdown or let's say he has like a game winner or like has a game like a block that seals and springs a running back for a game winning touchdown in overtime. Let's say that happens. I want to say how it started and how it ended. 
bam, there you go. It's like, man, I'm sorry. I don't know who this is versus now you know who I am. You're going to remember the name Chris Manhurts. But I mean, I, I think for a guy... Eh, What's impressive to me is he spent seven years in the NFL, right? Not a lot of production in the catching department in terms of receiving. So the fact that he's still in the league going into eight years now, I mean, that is huge. It's a testament that, yeah, he is one of those guys who grinds, can be a special teams contributor for you as well. Sean Payton obviously saw something in him. Declan Doyle saw something in him. So I think this is a little bit of an under-the-radar move so far. We'll see if Denver makes any other moves. But basically, as we kind of summarize this show here today, Sarah, I wanted to ask you— and we'll kind of go back and forth here. How do you feel about the Broncos moves here on day one? Do you feel like for them to come out on the first day and make the moves that they did, like where does that put your level of confidence so far in how this offseason is going? I honestly love it. I, I really do. And that's not to say that I think, well, man, I, I love every single player they brought in. I think they signed the exact – I, I may have chosen Jawan Taylor over Mike McGlinchey. You know, I may have chosen Foster Moreau at the tight end position. But look, like what we're seeing here is the Denver Broncos going after players that fill their biggest needs, right? And they're they're not just they're not just going after they're not just filling these needs. They're actively going after some of the best players available at these positions, right? When we talk about Mike McGlinchey, when we talk about obviously Ben Powers, you talk about Zach Allen. I mean, those guys are some of the top. If, if you look at everybody's free agency lists, you're gonna find those three guys in the top 50, no matter what list you're looking at. Maybe the top 30, maybe the top 20. So I just I, I like it from that perspective that, hey, maybe maybe I would have gone after a guy who might have been number eight overall on the list versus a guy who might be number 12 or 15 or something like that. But it doesn't matter. What matters is the fact that you're upgrading the roster without with limited draft capital. You're utilizing the assets you have available. You're not being frugal, right? You're not going out there being like, well, let's just slow play this or let's, you know, let's draw this line in the sand. And you're doing right by players. You're, you did right by Alex Singleton, regardless of what people say. And we maybe we may have to dedicate an entire podcast to this. You did right by Draymond Jones by not giving him the tag and, and, you know, maybe making him a fair offer to say, Hey, we'll give you this, but if you can go get this elsewhere, go for it because they gave very similar money to Zach Allen. So I, to me, that says they did right by Draymond not holding him hostage, and it turned into almost $40 million in, in guaranteed money for him instead of 18 or 19 So to me, Cody, I love the process so far. I like the moves. I think for Sean Payton, George Payton, you and I have talked about this, like the moment Payton was hired is how are these two going to work together? And so far, I would say like on paper, right? And, and we always preface this by saying like, hey, a lot of these moves right now, in our opinion, they're very good on paper. We have to see how it plays out because last year's whole debacle, I think, kind of proved that. Like we were talking about Denver being Super Bowl contenders with Russell Wilson and then the, the reality hit and it was a different circumstance. So that's why we just wait. We don't evaluate like you can't take too much stock into training camp or preseason. That's why everything that we we do will have to be pieced together, you know, week by week during the regular season. That's where the real evaluation will come in on some of these moves here. And if there's productivity and improvement, then it's huge. It's a big thing for the Broncos. But I like how George Payton and Sean Payton, they've come out instantaneously in free agency and they've addressed their major needs that they do have. And they there's like you know, they didn't lose out on the guy and then have another major hole to feel like they had a plan in case Draymond was gone, which was great. They brought back Singleton, which was great. They added a very, very good run blocking left guard, a guy who's really good at pass protection on the interior. And they added McGlinchey, who's very good as a run blocker. And it has some good tape on him as a pass protector. I'm seeing a lot of people. I'm seeing a lot of comments from 49ers fans. Oh, he's washed. Like, 
I, I don't understand where people come to the notion of saying that, okay, like fans, for example, no more than a pro scouting staff and obviously a head coach and a general manager. It's like a lot of these things we see are the low hanging fruit narratives that people echo on Twitter or something else. And they take it and they grab onto them like, yes, this is the gospel. They obviously saw something to make these moves. So I think right now we're in full. Uh, hey, trust the Peytons. You know, they're, they're proven so far that these moves are beneficial. Now we have to wait for the on-field product to take over. And with that said, Broncos country, that'll wrap up today's episode of the show here on YouTube and your favorite audio podcasting platform. Any moves that the Broncos make here on Tuesday, we'll have you covered tomorrow. Tomorrow morning on Wednesday on your favorite audio podcasting platform. Unless it's like a groundbreaking, big-time signing, we'll have you covered with all the free agency moves that happen on Tuesday on tomorrow's episode, Locked on Broncos. We appreciate you so much, Broncos country. We'll see you tomorrow for a brand-new episode of the show.